and welcome to another episode of Studio Insights. We've got myself and Victoria and we've got Kim and we're super excited to bring another episode to you full of value, we are thinking and hoping. <laughs> it usually is, so I'm sure it will be. Uh, before we get into it, I just wanted to share as well, we've released a new product on the Creator Hub and it is super exciting. They're human-centered activities for healthcare. So if you're an instructional designer in the healthcare industry or you know anyone in the healthcare industry, we would really appreciate it if you could recommend it to them. I'm going to put the link to the activity in the description below. If you've listened or watched our YouTube before or our podcast, you will know that we absolutely love human-centered design. And what we've done is we've applied it to the healthcare system so that healthcare services can use it to improve their impact and better support their patients. So check it out. It is epic. So to get started, I think Victoria would like to ask the first question. Um, my first question is for both of you, as usual. Uh, <laughs> um, but I know it's something that Hannah was dealing with this week. Um, I just want to know like your tips for communicating with clients if they're not necessarily understanding what you're asking of them. So whether like we've handed something over and we want them to check certain things or we're asking them to take some other action. Um, and they respond in a way that shows they're not, you know, like understanding what we want from them. What are your things like that? Uh, can I just extend this, not just clients, but like any human being? Because like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The example I'm thinking of is team members now. <laughs> Before, where you've given me a task and I've done something completely different. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so yeah, it's just people, it's communication. So stakeholders, team members, your parents, <laughs> loved ones, <laughs> therapists. <laughs> okay, Vic, can you please repeat the question? Because now I've had a brain fart. But yeah, just like tips if you so people but, understand what you're actually asking of them. Yeah. But yeah, specifically for like action, like if you need them to do something or give you something and there's a list. I do have something. <laughs> something that I've learned is a lot of the times like a word can have two different meanings. So for example, like animation could be an actual like production of a beyond animation or it could just mean that things are moving on the screen. So I think what I do now, especially with our terminology and learning and development, we have a lot of terminology that we understand but the client or a stakeholder or someone else in the team might not understand. So it's just around thinking like, how could the person take this if they didn't know what I knew and making sure that you're like overly clear around what you're explaining. Cause that has gotten me in the past, I think where I've said a word where I have a meaning for it and they've thought it was mm. something else. Yeah. Good one. Mm. Kim? That's a good one. <laughs> um, well, I just think our email templates, another product to flood, um, but the structure of them is so clear. So like a brief and thinking about what's the need to know versus the nice to know, um, calling out action required by you. Like I know our project updates, it's like, this is what's happening in the next week. So this is action required by you. This is action required by us. So really calling it out. Um, I think if you can show as much as possible, so show um, like a visual, this is the end result that it's going to look like. Um, so they're not having to like 
interpret our words as a visual something if we can show that's more effective um again still in the email templates we use like the structure and formatting so we use bold we use underlined we use italics and it's quite intentional and consistent in how they're used as well as like if there are actions for example they're numbered if it's just information it's dot points um and then i think something that we all do is we have someone else support us like so hey can you have a look at this um how would you interpret what vibe are you getting from this email or even asking like what would you do if you receive this to make sure that i can like for example repeat back you've asked me to do this action this is the action i'd take and this is what i'd send you back in response to this email so kind of validating user testing i guess that's mm -hmm. what's coming to mind for me yeah yeah I think something else is thinking about like what are the possible things that they could respond with and mm. example was yesterday we'd sent a client like um basically parameters for them if they wanted to create their own scenario question mm -hmm. and what I'd done originally i hadn't thought about potentially them providing like a lot of words that wasn't going to fit into our template so just thinking about, okay, like we've told them exactly what they need to do, but what could potentially happen? Like we're expecting we get 10 words back, but like in reality, they could actually send a thousand words back because we haven't been specific enough. So I think just being like really clear around like all the different touch points for what the result could be. It's yeah. not, yeah, there's like so much involved. So just thinking mm. like, if I got something back for them, what exactly would I want it to look like and how do I mm. set up? set them up to provide me with exactly that. Yeah. Love that one. Cool. Does that answer your question? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Kim, would you like to ask your question? Yes. My question is around brainstorming. Uh, it is for both of you. So I'd say, Hannah, if you think of the lens of instructional design and storyboards and Vic, uh, from a, interpreting a storyboard and developing a module perspective, what are the benefits of prioritizing brainstorming in the process of delivering a learning solution? <laughs> um, I think, so for me, like we did a brainstorming session today and I realized the more that we do, it's, I think it's just so important to give yourself that space to like only focus on brainstorming because I think when we have a lot of other things going on in our head, like the project and the deadlines and like, this is a tool that we're using and like, uh, I've got to get the storyboard done by the end of the day. It doesn't allow your brain time to be completely creative and come up with ideas that are outside of the box or like next level. So I think just having that space to do that can enable us to deliver something that's um, I don't know how to describe it, but just like better meets the intent and is in a way that like better engages the audience and is like out there compared to just like an e-learning course. Like there's so many other ways to engage and do things. And I think in today's society, like people do need quite a bit to capture their attention. Like if they don't see how it adds value to them or it's boring, then they're not going to do anything with it. So it just gives us opportunity to make sure that we do that. Mm. <laughs> um, 
Well, I think from the development side of things, it's useful because it takes like some of the load off, I guess, if there's already like mm -hmm. really ideas that have come up earlier in the project. Um, and I guess we got like with the first, with the question that I asked, with what you're saying about like it's good to show like a visual of mm. things. And I think mm -hmm. if whoever created the storyboard or whatever, if they've got like this vision that's going to be amazing, it helps if like they can pass that mm. level of like detail onto me. Like if they do have an image or something in mind, mm. what it's going to look like. Yes. Yeah. things so differently. So it's good, for, like you've already done like done the work to think of the best thing that we can do out of this yeah so communicate so like yeah <laughs> tell me what that is yeah um and I think as well like generally whoever's done the storyboard would have a better idea of like the big picture of the project mm. as opposed to me just getting it to develop so like I don't know you know what else is going to be in the module and like what the other ideas are so it's like a balanced yeah it's not I'm just not going to look at a screen and be like yeah that should be I don't know click and reveal or dot points or something when they could be like 50 other screens I'm mm. going to be like that and you mm. could have a really good idea to use instead so I kind of you're already sort of doing that like when you do the storyboard you're kind of picturing what the end like is going to be for that particular content so like if you've got those ideas then mm. why would tell me yeah <laughs> sort of yeah, yeah. So, like yeah, Chinese really yeah. <laughs> yeah and I wonder as well like I um Victor to go on that like for people that don't necessarily have a team like you're relying on like a process but someone might just be an e-learning developer and the storyboards given to them and there is no ideas it's just content or they might work solo I know we have um well actually this is for all of us like we have that inspiration board like of ideas that we just collect and add to do you think it's beneficial to prioritize the time to go look at that for because because that is brainstorming as well like it's just collected over time and it's like you're saying you're not just going here's another text and image that will be the same as yeah everything else <laughs> like if you're on your own I think it's still important like I would just if it was just me working on it I would prioritize that time before it got to development to brainstorm because mm -hmm. I can't get well like once it gets to me anyway I'm like I'm just ready to like make something mm. I'm not, not in like the same mind, yeah, yeah. But in the same mindset. Yeah. Like, what's the cool thing that we could make? So yeah, I think it should be like a separate thing done before that. But mm. whether it's you doing it or someone else doing it, like there's definitely a place for it. Mm. And yeah, then when you do get the development, like you've got everything there already, so you can like really put the time into building it, like in a high mm. quality way. You're not trying to like come up with ideas and quickly build something. And like yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah I can relate to that I definitely like the mindset thing it is a different mindset of like how will I treat this and then executing on that so definitely for me I need like the time before and then the development time not just like here's the here's the screen right now how am I going to deal with that one Here, then do it here's the screen for another one how am I going to do that it definitely is a different mindset that you're in but that's stimulate anything else Hannah I can see you like yeah. ready to go <laughs> this is like I love how you know out of me having to say anything um 
I think there's lots of cool things out there in the world. And I think you don't always have to come up with like something completely new or put pressure on yourself to be like coming up with this brand new idea. I think you can like look at what's out there and adapt. And I know our brainstorming today, like thinking about the things that have stuck in our minds, whether it's like an ad or like another solution that we've seen or like a video on YouTube and using that and seeing whether it works for the context of our topic for the project that we're working on um so I think it just gives you an opportunity as well to think of like cool things out in the world and how we can replicate it rather than just doing the same thing over mm. and over. yeah because there are things you watch where it just like stays in your mind and you're like that was really cool and you can like remember it all and like that shows to have been good and it's been thought through so if you can use that obviously not copy it but like use elements of it with what you're doing that's like really cool I think yeah yeah Definitely. Cool. Cool. All right. Last question is me. My question's for Kim. Um, I wanted to know, so you've been interviewing people for podcasts for quite a while now. Mm. So you get people on the show or learning with Bell Vista Studios and you ask them questions around a certain topic. Yeah. Around what inspires them about you, etc. So I just wanted to know, I feel like you have come a long way with that. Like I remember when you first <laughs> were doing podcasts and you're probably like nervous and it was like trying to figure out I don't know like how to like be natural on camera and ask the right questions and everything so I just wanted to know what advice you had for people who want to learn <laughs> in that format um sorry I need to get over like because you said didn't she say what inspires them about me <laughs> it's like <laughs> Come on here and just tell me why I'm so great. <laughs> you get people on the show to talk about yourself. <laughs> okay. Time. Uh, so you want to know how you can build confidence to host or facilitate a conversation? Yes. Particularly when it's being filmed, because I feel like that puts more pressure on people when they know it's going to be like watched by other people. <laughs> I just. <laughs> get very clear on why you're doing it and then that isn't an issue in my opinion um because if you're doing it for the right reasons that are personally motivating all of that just disappears I don't ever think that I'm like filming this for the public like I this is especially like when we're here or like if I'm having a conversation with someone I'm literally having a conversation I don't even remember that's being recorded so I'm like so intentional on like, I'm here to like right now, spend time with the team, learn from them um, and extract the most value from you guys to give to the audience. So I'm just, that's my why right now. So I'm present to the conversation and I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm like, okay, have I learned that? Do I have a follow-up question? Cause I want to learn another thing. And it's the same when I'm having a conversation with someone else. Like the reason we started the podcast was um, learning with Bell Vista Studios, that particular one, where we do have guests on is we need, I wanted to learn from other people. I didn't want to just learn from you guys because I'm fucking tired of it. Not <laughs> um, I wanted to learn from other people and challenge my thinking. So that was one reason. I also wanted to hold myself accountable to um, continue to learn because it's the first thing that I would drop off probably if I didn't do it publicly. So being very clear on that means that I just show up to 
learning, which is something that's important to me. And then I'm having a conversation that I've picked someone that I know will add value to my life. And I'm like, I've got one hour of time to extract and learn from this person, get the most value from it. And when you're very clear on why you're doing the podcast in the first place, you have no, um, the fact that it's being filmed or that it's going to end up on the internet doesn't come to mind for me at all. Has it ever come to mind for you? No, because it's always been, I'm here to learn. And how I am in the podcast is how I was when I was in an organization as an employee, having my one-on-one with my supervisor. Like it's the same mindset. I'm here to learn and be better. So what advice would you have for people who do get like stuck in their head around what people might think or? Be very clear on why you are doing it. And maybe it's not the right thing for you. If you're being held up on like, oh, I'm nervous about this and that, then you're, you're, you're not connected to your why. So you need to revisit that. You're mm-hmm. worried about, um, for example, this might not be everyone's thing, but what are people going to say about like how my hair is or like the quality of my audio or that my thumbnail doesn't meet everyone else's quality thumbnail? Like you've forgotten why you're doing it in the first place. Mm. Um, and for example, if the quality of your audio was important and the polished look and feel of what you look like, I'm very polished today. Well done, Kim. Um, <laughs> um, the quality of your thumbnail, the quality of your video, the quality of your audio. If you're, if you, why you are doing the podcast is to be the best podcast in the world, then that would be important to you and you'd make an effort there. And it wouldn't be an issue. So that's why I mean, you got to really remember why you're doing it and then reconnect to your why. If you're making a podcast to um, make sales, then you would, it would be like very polished and it would be very structured and you wouldn't like, if you know why you're doing it, all the other shit doesn't show up. And if you're concerned about all the other shit, you forgot why you're doing it in the first place. Mm. Yeah, that's really cool. Reminds me of a, there was like a Christo sort of masterclass episode on YouTube and people through people's fears and some people were saying that they refuse to post on social media and they don't like share tips with their industry because they're worried about what people think. Mm. But they like want to do it, but they like they're too fearful to actually take the step to do it. So I think that's like your advice is good to just think about like what is your why, why are you doing it? And then if other things do show up that are stopping you, like, deal with that. Like, if you're doing it because you're worried about what people think, does it really matter if you're doing what's right for you? Mm. Yeah. But it's cool that you've always had that because, I, yeah, I do feel like people can struggle with that, putting themselves out there. But I've always had it only because I'm very clear on my intent on why I'm doing it. So that's why the confidence or the lack of fear is non-existent. Like, you know, I don't have insecurities around those things because I'm not worried about an opinion because I'm just like, if someone's going to judge me, I don't have time for that because I'm just like, what goes through my head is I run an e-learning and instructional design business and I want to deliver good solutions to my learners I want to create an awesome workplace 
um, and to deliver good solutions to the clients that we serve, to deliver and have a good cohesive team where we work on projects we're proud of, we need to learn. So I'm prioritizing our learning so that we can have all those things. And that's more important to me about what someone says mm. or how I look or whatever the fucking background of this video, or the lighting or anything like that, because I'm just like, well, our livelihoods depend on us learning and creating good solutions. So yeah, that's why it's kind of like connect to the why. Be intentional about what you're doing. And then that stuff actually doesn't matter. Yeah, that's really cool. Nice. Thank you. Oh, good. Awesome. Well, that will do it for this week. <laughs> That'll do it. It's packed with value. And here she is. Yeah, I guess it's just I'll, a like that'll do. <laughs> average episode of Studio Insights brought to you by Well Vista Studios. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> What's up, awesome human? Thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of myself and the Belvista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you want to take your skills to the next level or you want to make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place for people like you and us, basically, it's the stuff that we use internally at Bell Vista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers. And what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz, Could I Be a Better Instructional Designer, that has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating, the problems you want to solve. But in there as well, Aren't we cute? That's us. Um, but we've got the coaching courses, freebies, give us gratitude. And also we've got some templates. And basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design, instructional design and e-learning. So a human centered design focus is very much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio. So putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs. So there's the human-centered design stuff and then we've also got the business stuff. So this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world. So go check it out. The link is in the description. You can check out everything that is available for you. Thank you for choosing to learn with us. Continuously invest in your skills. You will be rewarded as an instructional designer. Share this stuff, share it with other people because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.